watching online. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll get started. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and as your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. So I'm Erin Johnson, if we haven't met yet, uh, and it's an honor to be with you today and to bring a word from the Lord for you today. If, uh, if we don't know each other yet, I'm a member here, and I'm also a seminarian under care of this congregation. And like a lot of you, I also work in a regular job where I don't wear a stole. I, other than that, I wear pretty much the same outfit. I uh, take a train to the financial district of San Francisco where I've worked for the last 22 years. I work for a big global, global corporation. And Monday through Friday, I go to an office um, and I work in finance and investment banking. And so maybe that has something to do with why I get to preach on this question. <laughs> of how do you spend your time and money? How do you spend your time and money? Now, we're in a series uh, on the questions we ask each other, right? As Charlene said, what's your name? Where are you from? Those are pretty easy. Last week, we graduated to what do you do for a living? And that's a little more personal. Sometimes people ask me that and I'm like, ooh, you're, you're kind of going right in, aren't you? <laughs> but this week's question is really taking us into the awkward zone. I mean, if somebody says, how do you spend your time? Okay, you can kind of like deflect and talk about your hobbies and maybe that's what you did just now when we did that question. But when the rest of the question comes in and money, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, who are you? And I think... I'm like, maybe I'm getting a text from the nursery. It's time to like go get my kids because this is getting real weird here. So we just don't like to talk much about how we spend our time and money. Like what if I said, hey, let me see your Amazon purchase history. <laughs> or like, let me see your credit card statement for last month. Like no judgment. I just want to get to know each other and like experience, <laughs> experience belonging together. <laughs> Like, what would you be afraid I might see in there? Because how we spend our time and money is how we spend ourselves. And if you're anything like me, what we aspire to spend ourselves for and what our purchase history says we actually spend ourselves on or what our screen time log says we actually spend our time on are two very different things. And as Pastor Charlene said in the first sermon of this series, we belong to God right? And then last Sunday she said, we only know what we're meant to do if we know where we belong and what story it is we're a part of. Well, today I'm going to propose to you that this idea of belonging to God is more than a metaphor. It's a reality that we are invited to act out in how we spend our time and money. And it's only in spending ourselves as people who belong to God when we remember who we are and whose we are, that we get to experience the wholeness we long for. So we've been reading from the book of Exodus throughout the series, and we're going to hear from Exodus later today. But the passage we're going to focus on first this morning is actually from the New Testament, from the Gospel of Luke. And in this text, Jesus is teaching in the temple in Jerusalem, and he's teaching to a big crowd, and he's teaching about money. 
And I think this is going to shed some light on the Exodus text we're going to read a bit later. So for now, let's take a look at Luke chapter 20, verses 20 through 26. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be honest in order to trap him by what he said, so as to hand him over to the jurisdiction and the authority of the governor. So they asked him, teacher, we know that you are right in what you say and teach, and you show deference to no one, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, show me a denarius. Whose head and whose title does it bear? They said, the emperor's. He said to them, then give the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to trap him by what he said, and being amazed by his answer, they became silent. This is the word of the Lord. So here's Jesus teaching in the temple, and the folks who are offended by Jesus have sent people to spy on him so they can spot the vulnerabilities in his argument. And then they plant a question that's related to one of the hot-button issues of the day. Should we or should we not pay the tax to the emperor? And just a few years before this, a radical named Judas the Galilean had staged a whole revolt about this exact topic, saying it was treason against God if you paid the taxes to Rome. So this is a big deal. And this question is going to introduce the hot-button issue that's going to polarize everybody. So it's the perfect trap because no matter what Jesus answers, he's going to lose half the room. So the argument for paying the taxes, hey, the Roman government isn't all bad. They brought peace. They brought order. There were centuries of civil war in the region. One Jewish historian wrote this in praise of the emperor of the time. He wrote, he cleared the sea of pirates and filled it with merchant shipping. Like, what's bad about that, right? He gave freedom to every city and brought order where there had been chaos. We like, we like order, right? A lot of people thought Roman rule was not all bad. Infrastructure is kind of nice. Aqueducts are kind of nice. Having water is nice. Roads, it's nice to have good roads, right? So there's a great argument for Rome. And then, of course, there's the argument against paying the tax. Some people might say, the costs of globalization, if this is globalization, like, you can have it. Did you see how Rome gets peace? Like, the rebels get slaughtered, our temple got raised to the ground. No thanks. If that's peace, we'll take war. We didn't ask for these people to bring their order and impose their civilization on us and rule us, so no, we're not going to pay for the privilege of being ruled by them. Phew. So, yeah, polarizing. It's a war of two ideologies. If Jesus says, pay the tax, he's a sellout to the emperor. And if he says, don't pay the tax, he's a rebel. So how does Jesus respond? Show me a denarius. Show me a coin. Whose head and title does it bear? You probably know. It had the head of the emperor on it. So Jesus says, whose image and inscription does it bear? The people say, the emperor's. Okay, this is a pop quiz. Does anybody happen to know who was the emperor at the time Jesus is preaching? Yes. Oh, did you hear this? Fantastic. Okay, come on. We got to give this gentleman a round of applause. Tiberius. I'm so impressed. So then Jesus says, give it to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. 
And the sense of that word to give in the Greek, right, is more like to give back, right? Some translations you might remember say, render unto Caesar, right? Like give back to the emperor, yield, surrender to the emperor, what belongs to the emperor. So let's look at a coin. I, I found a cache of these coins in my house. They're quite ancient. Um, you'll see that the front has the image of a face and an inscription. And it says, Chuck E. Cheeses. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheeses. So this coin bears the image and the inscription of Chuck E. Cheese. This was minted by the good people at Chuck E. Cheese's. And it can only be spent at Chuck E. Cheese's. If I try to take this down to Top Dog and buy a bird dog with it, that guy's gonna throw me out on my ear and say, you know, I only take US dollars, right? And actually, if you know the guy at Top Dog, he would definitely throw me out. If I go anywhere else on Telegraph, I'm gonna get the same response, right? They're gonna say, the coin of Chuck E. Cheese's realm is no good here. I can only spend this coin in Chuck E. Cheese's realm. So Jesus says, this coin they're showing him has the image and inscription of the emperor. It came from the emperor. It can only be spent going back to the emperor. But whatever bears the image and the inscription of God, well, give that back to God. And what bears the image of God? We do. Human beings do. We are the coin. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, then God said, let us make humanity in our image to resemble us. We bear the image of God in the world. And we have God's word inscribed on us, right? Exodus 13 it will be a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead. We bear the image and the inscription of God. So we are the coin that belongs to God. We bear God's image and God's inscription. So Jesus' answer about what is lawful and right to do with the silver coins is, hey, do what you want with the silver coins. What matters is what you do with this coin. We bear the image and the inscription of God. So Jesus says, remember who you are and whose you are. Return to God what is God's. In other words, as Pastor Charlene mentioned last week, the question isn't how do you spend your time and money? <clears throat> it's who do you belong to? The coin that bears the image of God, the coin that is Tommy, the coin that is Anne, the coin that is Karen, is not for spending in this realm. It's for spending in God's realm. We can do it, just like I can go to Top Dog and try to pay with this Chuck E. Cheese coin, but we'd be missing the point because the currency that is you and me was minted to be spent in a different ecosystem. So what's that ecosystem I'm talking about? I'm talking about God's ecosystem. And we first learn about that ecosystem in Genesis 1 and 2 when God creates humanity in God's image so we can steward and tend what God has made. In God's abundant ecosystem, there is enough and more than enough. And you and I are made to be co-creators in that system and property managers and co-workers in that ecosystem. So whatever your day job is, if you're a barista or a construction worker or a 
caregiver or an engineer or coach, your first job is to bear the image of God, to express the image of God the way that only you can. And that's, the, that's one job that AI will never be able to do. Only you can do that. Now, we all know what happens when humanity buys into the lie of the serpent that there actually isn't enough and wholeness actually isn't from God, but is something we can obtain for ourselves. So we end up kicked out of the garden, and by the end of Genesis, God's people have ended up in a different ecosystem. In fact, it's more of an economy. It is Pharaoh's economy. And in the book of Exodus, which we've been reading, God's people celebrate the Exodus out of that economy, that economy of scarcity and scrabbling and their exodus into God's ecosystem where the manna is provided and they receive the law and the law tells them how to worship. How? By giving back to God what is God's. I promised we'd go back to Exodus for a moment. So listen to this. This is from Exodus chapter 35, starting with verse 4. Moses said to the congregation of the Israelites, this is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Let whoever who is of a generous heart bring the Lord's offering. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and crimson yarns, fine linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins, fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense and onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece. All who are skillful among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded, the tabernacle, its tent and covering, the table with its poles and all its utensils and the bread of the presence, the lampstand also for the light and the altar of incense of burnt offering, the hangings of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, the finely worked vestments for ministering in the holy place. So are you hearing how different this Exodus ecosystem is? Each of us is invited to the table. Each of us has a role to play, and our offering is how we participate. And we're invited to give out of whatever gifts we have. So maybe that's a ram skin. And as we think about Commitment Sunday, please don't bring a ram skin. <laughs> But maybe that's the wheat of the harvest, or it's some acacia wood tent poles, or it's whatever it is that you're bringing out of your offering, you know, it's not because God needs it, right? Like, they burned that offering up. God doesn't actually need our Chuck E. Cheese coins. Instead, we get to take the fruit of our labor, a cow or a goat or a sheaf of wheat, or if you're like me, your harvest looks like a lot of little electronic symbols that indicate that, like, hypothetically, you have electronic money, supposedly. Um, whatever it is you produce, and you get to, we get to offer that back to God. We get to enter into the exchange and the flows. In my work in banking, we call it payment flows, and we talk about being in a payment ecosystem. This is much bigger than that, right? But it's relationship, it's exchange. This um, back and forth of right relationship with our creator. We still have to operate in the world's economy, in Pharaoh's economy, in Caesar's economy. But because of Exodus, we get to operate in God's ecosystem where God provides and we offer back and God blesses us and pours the blessing back over us and we offer that back and on and on and on. 
So Jesus, do we pay the tax or not? Jesus says, that is not the first order question. Give to the emperor what is the emperor's? Sure. But the first order question is, where will you give what is God's? And what is God's is you. Now, if you're anything like me, that's not necessarily good news. We would much rather keep our boundaries intact. This is where I'm a disciple, and this is where I'm a parent, and this is where I'm a spouse, and this is where I'm an employee, and this is where I'm a um, citizen of Alameda County. Jesus says, no, when you go to your city council meeting, you are not just a resident of Alameda County, you are a coin that bears the image of God. And when you go to work, you're not just Will the engineer. You are the coin that bears the image of God in that space. And when you drive your kids to their activities, you are the coin that bears the image of God. Our whole selves belong to God, not just our off time, and not just from 10 to 11.15 on Sundays. So how do we spend our time and money? Are we spending it as if this little economy that's visible around us, the emperor's economy, is all there is? Or are we spending in the knowledge that we are God's image-bearing co-creators and we get to, we get to participate in the wider, bigger, gracious ecosystem of God? Now, this might look different for each one of us. There's a couple who lives on a budget of $100,000 a year, and they earn many times more than that. But they figured out that all they need to live in meet their basic needs is $100,000 a year, and that is more than fine, and so they give all the extra beyond that away. And they say they feel like they're on an adventure with God. That's how they give to God what is God's. There's a man named Jeff, and for Jeff, it looks like every Sunday morning, he opens up the calendar app on his iPhone, and he prays over his schedule, and he prays in every one of those meetings and appointments he has that the Spirit would meet him and move through every encounter. And he uses the morning commute to pray over his day and the co-workers he's going to see that day. And he asks God to please, in every meeting I'm in, make me the least anxious person there so that I can like leave the fragrance of Christ when I leave. And people are like, that meeting was better because Jeff was there. And that's how he gives to God what is God's. And for someone who's new to this community or who's just starting to explore faith, maybe giving to God what is God's just means keeping on showing up. Or coming to an event like what a few brave people did on Friday night at our newcomer event, and you dared to let some other people get to know you. Thank you. And maybe that's giving to God what is God's. Now, maybe you're barely hanging on, and maybe you're like, this all sounds real nice, but if I were able to manage brushing my teeth right now, maybe I could think about that. I'd love to be that person. But right now, it kind of sounds like you're just giving me another spiritual to-do item that uh, I can't live up to. So to you, I want to say you are no less God's image bearer now than you ever were. And if what you have to offer is your cry and your lament, then bring that. Offer that back to God. Stop trying to carry that all by yourself. Or maybe you're not even sure God is real or if God is real, that God cares about you at all. If what you have is your doubt and your rage and your questions, bring those. 
Or maybe you don't want to belong to God. For some of us, it would be very inconvenient if we were to belong to God because we would much rather belong to ourselves. If we surrender this coin to God, well, what if God's idea of what to do with it is different from my idea about what's supposed to happen? Yeah. What if it is? What if there's more to life than the way we've been living? What if there's a whole adventure we're missing because we're clutching on to certainty? I don't know about you, but I have tried doing things my way, and it's never yet given me the freedom that this book talks about. And I want that. Even if we want to pay the coin of ourselves to God instead of to the emperor, how in the world are we supposed to do that when the world, the economy of the emperor is all around us, and God, well, sometimes God is hard to see. This is countercultural stuff. This is radically different as a way to live from the way our neighbors and coworkers are doing things. And we can't do this on our own power. But in Christ, you see, God minted God's own self as a coin. Jesus Christ bore the image of God as a fully human person. In Jesus, God shows us how deeply God honors this human being by becoming one of us. And then Jesus spends himself on our behalf, pays the full, most precious coin. Jesus paid it all, the old hymn says. For what? For our freedom. He pays our debt. He jailbreaks us from being stuck in servitude to Rome or to Pharaoh or to Caesar or from serving what other, whatever other God, your career, your reputation, your brand, your addiction, your greed, your lust, Take your pick. We've all got one. Or more. So that we who have missed the mark, we who've gotten it wrong, we who have screwed it up, we who have chased the wrong things, so that that doesn't have to be our story. Those of us who keep trying to do it for ourselves and investing the best of our time and our money in the lie that the serpent told that we'd be better off if we went our own way those of us serving a sentence in the Pharaoh's economy, that doesn't have to be our story anymore. Jesus leads us into new life where another way is possible. An exodus ecosystem where we, reserve, where we receive daily whatever we need, where God's own spirit accompanies us, where we are secure in our belonging to the one who made us, where we are free to live out who we are and whose we are, where we're free to give to God what is God's. Through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, we already belong to God. The question is, what are we going to do about it? Because we're fooling ourselves if we think that this imperial economy is the real ecosystem. As powerful as Rome appears to be, as powerful as... Caesar and Pharaoh seem to be, as much as Rome seems to have the power of life and death over us, the emperor of this economy isn't a god. Tiberius is just a guy. He's just a guy. He's just some guy who put his face on a coin, like Chuck E. Cheese. So I want to leave you with this. 
I have the honor of being our congregation's stewardship chair for this year. And next week is Commitment Sunday. And that's when we make a commitment about the time and the money we're offering in 2024. And I want you to think about what would it look like to remember who you are and whose you are and offer to God what is God's? What would it look like to offer the coin of ourselves back to God? What would change in our work if we showed up as an offering to God? What would happen at our dinner tables and our kitchens if we showed up as an offering to God? What could happen in our city if we showed up as an offering to God? Not offering the margins, the gleanings, the off time, but I'm talking about our real, honest, whole selves belonging to God. Now, Pastor Charlene has been giving us homework each week of this series, and I'm not going to be the one to drop the ball. So here's our invitation for next week. We're going to bring forward cards where we've written down what we're pledging of our time and money next year. But we're also asking you to bring forward an offering of something you want to symbolically offer to God. And our pastors are going to bless those offerings too. So I don't know if we have woodworkers here like they did in Exodus, but if you are, you can craft some acacia wood tent poles. If we have any ram, no, 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 no ram skins. But if you're an engineer, maybe you could bring like the keyboard you use to code, or if you're a baker, bake some bread. Or um, you're not going to get these offerings back, so don't like bring your duty weapon or your, your work badge. But maybe it's a photo of somebody you're caregiving for or like your BART ticket because you're going to devote that commute to praying for your, your coworkers. Or if you're heartbroken, maybe you write down a lament. Or if you're a parent, maybe you bring like a rubber ducky symbolizing the bath time struggle and how you're going to give that to God. Maybe that was just in our house, that the rubber ducky. Okay, so we'll be pledging our time and our money, and we'll also be offering our whole selves to God by placing this offering on the altar. And as we leave here to think about what we're going to offer on Commitment Sunday, just know that you can give back any of the gifts God has given you, time or talent or money or abundant Chuck E. Cheese coins, or even just doubt and wondering and showing up. But whatever we offer next week, let it reflect who we are and whose we are. And may you remember, my friends, that you yourself are the coin that bears the image of God. Amen. <laughs>